title of the message is, It's Not By Might. It's Not By Might. I was preaching in Adelaide and a man came up to me before the service and we were doing our tech setup and he said to me, pray for me, I want an impartation, something like that, uh, impartation, I want the Holy Spirit. I said, sir, we're busy, you can wait for the service and we'll pray for you. He said, no, I've got to go somewhere. I said, sorry, sir. So later I found out that that particular man had gone to a rock concert. He couldn't come to the service because he wanted to go to a rock concert. There's something wrong there. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. I want to talk about walking in his strength, walking in the life of the spirit, walking in the power of Jesus. One of the great keys is personal death. Because the flesh actively works against the spirit and the Holy Spirit fights the flesh. So the way to live, walk, have your being in the anointing, in the Holy Spirit, one of the great keys is daily death to the flesh. Shall we go? Come on, let's go. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer, everyone say no longer, I who lives. Turn to your neighbour and say, guess what? I'm dead. It's no longer I who lives. You're dead, you're dead. But Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Romans 8.5 For those who live according to their flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. The flesh is not only the sinful part of you, but the flesh works through everything that's sensory, what you see, you hear, you feel, smell, so on, okay? So the flesh is focused on the natural realm, whereas the spirit is focused on the heavenly realm. So the flesh is, I read in the paper that inflation's getting worse, house prices are going, mortgage loans, interest rates are going up. I'm worried, I'm stressed. You see, the flesh works through what you see and you hear, okay? For those who live according to the flesh set their minds, everyone say minds, on the things of the flesh, okay? Get behind me, Satan, Jesus said to Peter, for you do not have in mind the things of God, but of man. So Satan will use the things of the natural world 
that you would focus on that. Okay? But those who live according to the Spirit think about the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. So the person who's not strong in the Lord are carnally minded, almost always. They're thinking about the things of the world. And, you know, we can live our lives directed by the Holy Spirit. And we can live our lives in peace. And we can live our lives with hope and faith in him. That's the spirit life. But the carnal mind is carnally minded. It's fear, anxiety, doubt, apprehensive. What if? What if? Hallelujah. When you approach the challenges of life, because Jesus said, in this life you will have tribulation. In this life you will have problems. He never promised you no problems because problems are good for you. When you approach problems, you can approach them as an overcomer because we are seated in the heavenly places. We're not under the problem, we're over the problem because the word of God makes us overcomers. By his stripes we are healed. The light has shone and the darkness could not comprehend it. So the problems in life, the carnally minded person sees it with worry and fear. My neighbour used to say to me, my neighbour used to say to me, oh, you can't go there. I think I was going to Turkey. They'll kill you. You know, the carnally minded persons, oh, you know. But there's peace when you're directed by the Holy Spirit. Amen. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is enmity, is at war against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So you cannot live in the spirit if you're choosing to walk in the flesh. Now... Much of the church in the West has stopped preaching repentance. The result of that is that the church can't live in the spirit. Because the church, if, if repentance is not preached, the church will not know what it means to be carnally minded. And the church will suffer death. Because the wages of sin is death but the free gift of God is eternal life. I've seen many blessings in my life, but one of the great blessings was when the Holy Spirit revealed to me what sin was. I never knew. My mentor who's been to be, gone to be with the Lord, Bill Sabritsky, went to be with the Lord at 90. When I was in my 20s, I read his Sin and Occult list and I thought, I never knew that was sin. I'm doing that one. I'm doing that one. You know? And it was such a blessing to know the difference between dark and light. Between darkness and light. 
to know the difference. And, you know, why do people get into bondage to Satan, tormented by demons? Very often because they don't know what sin is. They'll go and see someone who reads a palm reader, you know, because they don't know that when they open their palm, they're going to get a demon. They don't know these things. So many Christians are still sick because they don't know that there's a healer, that Jesus heals because the church has told them that he doesn't heal anymore, that the dispensation of the gifts and the apostles and so on is finished and God, God's up there and we're here and too bad. So, but repentance, to deal, crucify the flesh. So, Galatians 6, 7 says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. But he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit, everyone say the Spirit, will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. So when you sow to the Spirit, then there's life. You can walk in the Spirit by sowing to the Spirit. How do we sow to the Spirit? Well, we sow no to the flesh. We say yes to Jesus. Amen. But so many Christians, they got one foot in the world because it's their culture. So one foot in the world and one foot in church. They, let's be real. They go to church and they're one type of person and in the world, they're another type of person. And they don't realise that they're sowing to the flesh corruption or death and they're stealing from themselves, and then they wonder why they can't walk in the life and the peace of the Holy Spirit, because they're sowing and reaping in the enemy's territory. Because the Son of Man was manifested to destroy the works of the enemy. What is the work of the enemy? The context for that verse is sin. The enemy wants to divide you from the light through sin. So you have to be absolutely ruthless with the flesh. Hallelujah. Because heaven is worth it. Heaven is worth it. He who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. Deal with it. Deal with it. Turn to your neighbour and say, I'm talking to you. Deal with it. Some of you may never have thought about this. How does the spirit of the world operate? The Bible talks about the spirit of the world. How does it operate? The spirit of the world operates through worldly things. You turn on secular music, you watch porn, you watch horror movies. The spirit of the world operates through it. When you're watching, that spirit can come in. It operates through worldly stuff. Let me give an example. Last week in LA, a lady and her mother are there and she says, my sister committed suicide. Okay. I said to her, 
you have a problem with your esophagus, is that right? She said, yes. I said, do you know why you have a problem with your esophagus? It's because of, of you are watching stuff in the dark side. She said, yes, that's true. I watch horror movies. I said, okay. When you watch people being bludgeoned to death and being murdered and so on, a spirit came into you, afflicted your esophagus and killed your sister. I said, are you going to stop watching horror movies now? She said, yes. People don't understand how serious it is. The spirit of the world operates through the world. You think, I'll just watch this. I'm just chilling out relaxing, I had a hard day at work, uh, I want to have a break from my studies, and you don't realise that you are opening, as a Christian, you are opening your life to the enemy, to afflict you. God is light. The Holy Spirit shines light. The Holy Spirit works to expose darkness. A true prophet will shine light on your sin. Hello. When you look and listen to works of darkness, you're filling your eyes, your ears, your soul, your body with darkness. And then you wonder why you can't walk in the anointing, walk in the spirit. Why you're not strong in the spirit? Because you're undermining your own spiritual life. What you sow, you'll reap. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, this is full on. Hallelujah. When you participate in sin and the things of the flesh and darkness, you listen to secular music, you, you watch all sorts of rubbish and stuff, you listen to, you watch soaps on TV and gossip and all this sort of stuff. You, and you justify it, the effect of that is that you won't be able to help others in their sin. Because you justify your own sin, you won't be able to see. Because of a log in your own eye, you won't be able to see the splinter in the other person's eye because you're blinded. You will not have discernment because you're justifying your sin. 1 Corinthians 2.9 It is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the hearts of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. We talked yesterday about the spirit of revelation. You block revelation of your destiny of the good things that God has for you through your involvement in darkness. But God has revealed them to us, things that eye has not seen. Incredible things that God has prepared before you were 
born. He wants to reveal them to you, but you block your sight, your ears from hearing what he has for you because of your involvement in the world. Run from the world into the arms of Jesus. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. You can't even be born again without the Holy Spirit. You can't move, you can't do anything without the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit knows the deep things of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. When you die to the flesh, you immediately enter into the Spirit of Revelation. And you will know the things that are freely given to us by God. You know, before you open your Bible, I encourage you to say, Holy Spirit, talk to me. Reveal to me the riches of heaven. Because they're right here. The treasures of heaven. Open my eyes that I might see the glory of the word of God. Amen. It's all the treasures of heaven are here. They've been revealed, praise God. The mysteries of God are revealed by the Holy Spirit in the Word of God. Amen. Praise God. There's life in the Spirit. And John the Baptist saw Jesus coming and he said, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I. Mightier than I. There is Power in the Holy Spirit, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you walk simply in the natural, you you're walking in your own abilities. But when you die to yourself, then you come into the strength of God. Hallelujah. Far more can be achieved in the anointing than with any ability you have. Far more can be achieved. When you put your trust in God, he will show you what he can do. Hallelujah. 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 What I'm really saying is trust him absolutely. Your faith will place an obligation on God to move. Zacchaeus climbed a tree to see Jesus. His faith put an obligation on Jesus. And Jesus said to him, today I must eat with you. Hallelujah. Put yourself in a place of total dependence on God and see what he will do. Amen. You know, the anointing rests on Jesus. He has the power. Everyone say, he has the power. Wow. He has the power. He is the anointed one. So instead of thinking... I have this gift, I have this ministry, I have this anointing. Why not think about him? Because he's the giver of good gifts. 
He's the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. If you touch his garment, you will be healed. See what I'm saying? He is the anointed one. So when you make it about yourself, he's like, okay, you go ahead and you do it. See how well you go. But when you make it about Jesus, wow, he comes. He is all powerful, all glorious. See what he can do. Amen. Amen. To walk in the spirit is to die to self and to live for him. Stop following your own ideas and follow Jesus. Turn to your neighbor and say, just follow him. Go on, just follow him. Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who oppress. He closed the book, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today, This scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Hallelujah. 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 When you're praying, I'm assuming everyone prays for people, okay? When when you're praying for people or you're doing a meeting or you're on the streets, relax. Most Christians try too hard. Relax. Jesus does the work. So my goal in these meetings is to relax and do as I'm told. It's his responsibility. One of the first people I ever prayed for, I was preaching in a little church and I was talking about miracles even though I hadn't seen many. And a lady was lying. It was a church with pews and a lady was lying on the pew. And I thought she's asleep, she's bored. But she was thinking about her husband who had died recently. She was thinking about how she had chronic back pain and couldn't sit and she'd been in a car accident. And when you look at the outside, you never know what's going on sometimes. So anyway, she gets her walking frame. She shuffles up to me and wants healing. And I'm like, God, I can't help this woman. I talk about miracles, but Lord, I don't know what to do. And the Lord said to me, it's not your responsibility to heal. So you can just relax. It's not your responsibility to heal. He said to me, just obey me. I thought, wow, that's easy. This lady is not my responsibility. I'll just obey the Lord so you can relax. And then the Lord said to me, she's got a problem in the house. There's sin in the house. Ask her about that. You see, just follow the agenda of Jesus, okay? So I said, oh, what's going on in your house? There's a problem there. She said, oh, yes, I've got some people in there that shouldn't be there. I said, you want to repent? She said, yes. She repented, and then she coughed. And somehow I knew by the Holy Spirit that she'd just been delivered. The power of God came on her. She set aside her walking frame and was completely healed. And she got back in touch with me and told me that her hair was frizzed. It was curled by the power of God. 
And it was a wonderful lesson that it's not our responsibility to heal or deliver. It's the anointing that does it. And the anointing is on Jesus. Amen. So the one thing I seek when I come into a meeting is Jesus. Because if he's here, everything's all right. Amen. So in life, you can relax and put your trust in Jesus. Faith is rest. Turn to your neighbor and say, just relax. It's okay. Jesus is here. What Jesus says, he will do. What Jesus says, he will do. So when God gives you an accurate word or prophecy, just rest in him. He will do it. Shall I tell you a funny story? We've, we've got it on YouTube. There's two people in a meeting, Abraham and Suzanne. And uh, Holy Spirit locates Abraham. He's not a Christian. He's Chinese visiting some relatives in Auckland. So he's come from China, I think. And I said, what's your problem? He said, I'm lonely. All right, I said, we're going to pray for a good wife for you. So then after that, the Lord gives a prophecy. There's someone here, a woman with a flow of blood. You're bleeding. The woman was there, but she didn't want to stand up and say, that's my problem. But another lady, Suzanne, thought to herself, I'll take the blessing. So she stood up. I said, you got this problem? She said, no, I don't have a problem, but I'll take the blessing. <laughs> so I said to her, what's your problem, Suzanne? She said, I'm lonely. And the Lord said to me, Abraham will be your husband. <laughs> so I said to her, Suzanne, I didn't say Abraham was going to be your husband. I said, Suzanne, let's pray. So we prayed. So I'm resting in what God's telling me, right? Abraham will be your husband. So there's a lady sitting in the meeting and she has a vision. She sees Abraham and Suzanne together. So she thought, I'm going to do some matchmaking. <laughs> so after the meeting, she knows both of them, she invites Abraham and Suzanne to a family get-together. So Suzanne is no interest in Abraham, but she, Suzanne and Abraham get together and they're concerned for his soul because he's not saved. So they all hold hands together and they're praying for him. So Suzanne's not interested in Abraham, but she's holding his hand and she's praying for him. She's still concerned for his soul, so she begins to text him Bible verses in China, to China, right? So time goes by, and I get this email from Suzanne. She says, will you bless our marriage? We're getting married. So I was in Auckland. I went to their wedding and did the wedding blessing. Amen? So what did I do about the prophecy? God told me. This is Abraham's wife. Oh, and Abraham received the Lord too. And Abraham fulfilled her checklist of everything that she wanted. So what did I do about the prophecy? I did nothing. But God spoke to someone else, did the matchmaking, brought them together, saved him, did everything. So relax. When you're in the Holy Spirit, when you're walking in the Spirit, he's quite capable of doing everything. All you have to do is what he tells you. Turn to your neighbour and say, just do as he tells you.
It's that simple. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void. Last night I said to Pastor Tom, I see the kingdom of God expanding. So I'm going to leave Pastor Tom and I'm going to go off to Salt Lake City and start preaching there. And I'm trusting God that he's going to get back to me whenever he wants to. He's going to say, the kingdom of God is expanding. See, I'm trusting God that he, he will bring the prophecy to pass. So in the Holy Spirit, we just rest. So when you're praying for people, sometimes you you work too hard. Last night, we saw people being instantly healed and I didn't do anything because I come up to them and the Lord says they're healed. I go, okay, how are you? The pain's gone. You all witness that. So, you know, you try too hard. Hallelujah. For years and years and years, I tried to grow my church. I was in Liverpool, Sydney, Australia. You know, giving out flyers, inviting people, calling people and everything. All right, so... And the church numbers went up and down. And then I left the church and the Lord called me into itinerant ministry. And um, then in 2017, I think it was, I'd gone through divorce, nervous breakdown, stage four cancer, and I was starting to feel better. So, (laughs) So I was starting to feel better. So the Lord says to me one day, Mark, you're feeling better? I said, yes, Lord, I'm feeling better now. And he said to me, is it okay if I grow the ministry? For years and years I've been praying and trying. But he says, is it okay if I grow the ministry? I said, Lord, whatever you want to do. Like, like I'm totaled. You know, life has just trampled me. And Lord, if you want to do it, that's fine. So I said, Lord, go ahead. And I didn't do anything. So then he takes a video of a child, about six-year-old girl, and this little girl says, I want to see Jesus. She goes down under the power of the Holy Spirit. She comes up and describes heaven and how she saw Jesus. So he takes that video and touches it. I'd never heard of a viral video, but that video has approximately 600,000 views. He touched it and he just expanded the ministry and I didn't do anything. He is able. He is more than able. Amen. So 1 Corinthians 1.25, the foolishness of God is wiser than men. The foolishness of God is wiser than men. And the weakness of God is stronger than men. Turn to your neighbor and say, God is smarter than you. And he's stronger than you. When you make yourself weak before God, that's when he will show his power. When you make yourself weak 
and dependent on God rather than being self-confident, self-reliant and full of yourself and positive thinking and all the things that you can do. But if you will humble yourself before God and rely upon Him, He will show His greatness and might on behalf of the humble. Amen. Positive thinking is a dark shadow of the gift of faith. Positive thinking is not biblical. Cursed is the man who trusts in man who makes flesh his arm. Praise God. So your challenges and problems in life, even if they come from the pit of hell, are an opportunity to be strong in the spirit. Because when I am weak, he is strong. Amen? So thank God for your problems. Paul says, he had a thorn in the flesh. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. Some of you are asking God to take things from you that he's allowed you to have that you might grow in him that you might achieve his destiny in your life that you would never have the godly foundation in Christ without those problems you want your destiny without problems and it doesn't work that like that trials in life perfect your character And he said to me, my grace, the primary meaning of grace is power to those in need in the New Testament. My grace, my power is sufficient for you for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I'll rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. I'm not saying that God doesn't supply healing for the sick. He does. Promises of God are there. But he was saying, I thank God for all my problems. Turn to your neighbour and say, I'm thankful to the Lord for all my problems. Therefore I take pleasure Paul says, I take pleasure in infirmities, reproaches, needs, persecutions, distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Amen. Praise God. It's not, you know, strength in the Lord is when you know how weak you are and you just depended on him. Amen. Praise God. I don't want to rob you, so I want to finish with Galatians 5. Um, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh. These are contrary to one another, so that you not do not do the things that you wish. But you are led. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. So this, I want to read this list because when I read it thirty years ago, it changed my life. 
The works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, which is sex outside of a husband and wife, uncleanness, lewdness, which is pornography, idolatry is anything that you love more than Jesus. Sorcery, any type of witchcraft, watching Harry Potter, entertaining yourself with books and movies about, about witchcraft. Okay, this is a work of the flesh. Hatred, contentions. You know some people, they're always causing problems in the church. Pastor Tom, you got any people who cause trouble in your church? Come up here and tell me about them. <laughs> who are they? You need to repent. Contentious people. It's a work of the flesh. Some people always causing arguments. Why don't you just get on with the gospel? Amen. Instead of causing problems for pastors. Jealousies, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies. Is anything that denies the word of God. You, you, people who say that God doesn't heal today, that's a heresy. God doesn't deliver, it's a heresy. Envy, murders, what's murder? Abortion. Drunkenness, any type of addiction, okay, drug addiction, revelries, that's party spirit, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. You cannot practice the flesh and think you're walking in the spirit. The two are opposed to one another. And those who walk in the Spirit have eternal life. Amen. Praise God. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. I want you to talk to Jesus and tell him the works of your flesh. Okay? Confess your sins. Repent. That he is faithful and just and will forgive you your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Some of you will be healed just confessing your sins. Some of you will be delivered just confessing your sins. On YouTube, some of you are being healed and delivered as you repent, as you forgive, forgive, forgive. Some of you have held years of resentment and unforgiveness and bitterness you just, you just won't let go of that memory of what that person said or did. Now forgive. Lord, forgive me for hatred, unforgiveness, watching horror movies and porn and gossiping about people and cold shoulder I give to someone, unbelief that I have towards certain situations. Lord, Forgive me. Forgive me, Lord, for being contentious, causing trouble for the leaders in my church. Forgive me, Lord. I repent. I repent. As you humble yourself, the Holy Spirit will come upon your life and you'll be strong in him. And the Holy Spirit will come and apply the blood of Jesus Christ and wash away your sin. Praise God. Some of you have got selfish ambition. You're always too busy for God. When God calls you, says, come and do this, come and spend time with me, you've got these ambitions in life. 
He can do far more with your life by spending time in the word and prayer than you could ever achieve on your own. If you would honour him, he would honour you and bless your life. Believe me, it's true. Thank you, Lord. So just repent. He loves you. He wants a loving relationship. He's your father in heaven. If you don't know him, open your heart to him. Say, Lord, forgive me. Wash me clean. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.